This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much with Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman. Together we are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And you better, better make sure you tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. So what NBA game last night looked like a version of Space Jam with aliens? It was the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Two dudes, a combined over 14 feet of humans going at each other when it comes to Chet Holmgren, <laughs> seven foot four for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Victor Wimbiyama, seven foot three for the San Antonio Spurs. Wimbiyama, 28 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, five blocks, five three pointers, and he had a late block on Chet Holmgren. San Antonio, easily the biggest winner of the season against the Oklahoma City team. That's at the top of the Western Conference, 132 to 118. Victor Wimbayama becoming the first player in NBA history to have at least 25 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, five blocks, and five threes in a single game like he did last night. Well, Victor Wimbayama, what we have to understand, don't let his looks fool you. Don't, li- don't let the, the voice fool you. Don't let the simple fact that he's from France fool you. He's a dog, like the song Atomic Dog. That's Victor, Victor Wimbyama, man. Victor Wimbyama, the dog. <laughs> bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay bow wow yippee yo yippee yay dog. Now if you could do that in French, I'd be thoroughly impressed. <laughs> Ooh wee 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 wee. <laughs> and Freddie, I, I I warned people the other day when we, yes, we went to talking about like you know who could potentially be the face of the uh, of the, of the NBA when LeBron and Steph Curry are no longer there. There's a reason why I pick Victor Wimiyama. You talk about a guy that's seven five, but can play like a guard, block shots, you know, both ends of the floor, can dribble like yeah. a point guard, can shoot the ball. He hit a logo three last night. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? You better guard him as soon as he gets off the bus, baby. But too bad you can't, because where he shoots from, you can't jump that high. <laughs> <laughs> But see, let me tell you what I like the most about Wimbayama. Something that I seen from him early in this season. Right. Freddie, you ain't see him talk junk and look over at the bench at his his teammates after he blocked Chet's shot? Mm -hmm. He let it be known. When the competition is great for him to go against, he shows up. And we got to remember, this man is doing all these miraculous things Barely playing half mm-hmm. of a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hear you. All those things are Like, correct. he's averaging 28 minutes per night right now. So, imagine if a guy like him is playing 35, 36 minutes and really dominating from a standpoint. But I don't want anyone to question his will to win. Mm-hmm. I understand he's not on a good basketball team. Sure. He wants that pressure. He invites that pressure. And if you surround him with some pieces, this is going to be a scary thing in the, in the National Basketball Association for, for a lot of years to come. That is a big word when it comes to if. Because Victor Wimbiyama, to your point, I would never, ever question his competitiveness. I didn't question when he was drafted. He, didn't make, he has not made a liar out of me in the summer camp where he didn't play that much. And then ever since he got there, he knows his team's not any good. That doesn't mean that Victor Wimbayama does not have any goals that he wants to try to attain. It's uh, very important for me because it's, um, you know, I'm I'm convinced that I, I, you know I am who I am. I'm in the the organization that trusts me, 
I'm, I'm convinced that um, the best way for me to have my team is by also individually performing, you know, on a, on a whole season. So it's a so yes, individual awards like Rookie of the Year are very important for me. He understands the room. He knows the Spurs aren't any good, at least not right now. So he's like, hey, if I can get this, I'm hoping that'll make me and the Spurs a more attractive place. We're going to find out a lot about the power of Victor Mbanyama. If you're the Spurs and you're right, Harry, they're going to start trying to put pieces around him that can accent his game, lift up this roster, and then all of a sudden you have a playoff-type team in San Antonio. As of right now, is he enough to be an attraction? In a couple of years, will he be enough to be an attraction? If he's not attraction enough for people to join with San Antonio, either in the NBA draft or NBA free agency, where a quality free agent may want to pair up with him, but what if they don't want to? What if he could run into the same thing that LeBron James ran into the first time in Cleveland? He, he, they did everything possible in Cleveland to bring him that Robin to his Batman. He wanted to try and win titles with Zajunas Ilgowskis, Delonte West. Um, who, uh, and, um, who's the one from North Carolina that had the bald head that was National Player of the Year that wound up going to the NBA? And I can't remember his name right now. It starts with an A. Either way, they tried to have him do it as well. Please forgive me, I remember that person's name. They tried so many different guys to help out LeBron James, and nobody was ever able to be enough where he could compete in the Eastern Conference. When he got the NBA Finals, he got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. Victor Wimbiamba has to hope the same thing. May not befall him in San Antonio. As great as he is, you got to have enough of those pieces. If you can't do it in the draft, you better find that quality free agent that's going to help him. Plot twist. Okay. Major plot twist. All right. When you look at the NBA draft that's coming up, and I'm looking at the bottom three teams in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. you have the Wizards with nine wins, you have the Detroit Pistons with nine wins, and you have the San Antonio Spurs with 12 wins. Right. When it comes to the draft lottery and you're Greg Popovich, you're crossing your fingers and you're saying, man, I'm hoping that we're able to get the number one overall pick two years in a row. Antoine Jameson, that's his name. I knew I remembered that that was with Cleveland LeBron James. I knew it popped into my head. Antoine Jameson. They tried guys like that. You, you almost scared the hell out of me, Freddie. I, I was like, whoa. I, I don't want to forget it. When you get to my age, you remember something. You want to make sure it stays there. The best way to make sure it stays there is to blurt it out and have it come out this way. Nobody forgets. But he, they have to hope they can't try to find the Antoine Jamesons of the world to help out Victor Wimbiyama when it comes to trying to make that work in San Antonio. But what it's, what it's looking like right now for this, for this team is that they're going to get another high draft pick. And, yes, that's all good and dandy, and we understand it's a process for the San Antonio Spurs. But you do want to have some of those big-name guys, free agency-wise, being able to come to San Antonio. Because Mm -hmm. it's going to get to a point, if Victor Wimayama feels like guys don't want to come and help him, not saying that he's going to be begging for it, Mm -hmm. but we all know you can't win an NBA championship by yourself. Yep, no doubt. Ask LeBron. He'll tell you. He's trying to do it now with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can be the Anthony Davis we've seen have other guys step up because you're right. Trying to do that by yourself with – it can't be Victor and the Victorettes. It's got to be Victor Wimbiyama and somebody that no matter what happens, I know that's my ride or die right there because that guy's great to be my ride or die, and we're going to make this work together. He tries to make it work by himself, or San Antonio can put those kind of quality pieces around him his eyes going to be darting to go somewhere else by, by the end of his rookie contract. And if I'm a shooter, and I know you have a guy like Victor Wimayama who's going to, in the future, get double-teamed a lot and be forced to get the basketball out of his hands, but uh-huh. he's so tall and has that wingspan, he can see over everybody. Yeah. 
I'm trying to go there as well so I can get warm-up shots. <laughs> Everyone's like, what do you mean by warm-up shots? Butt naked wide open. <laughs> wide open. It is Love Friday. Yeah. Butt naked <laughs> wide open, Freddie. Tastefully done. Love Friday. But definitely butt naked wide open. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, that's, that's one of the things, like, when you play with a guy like LeBron as well, right? You, you, the defense, are, they're going to converge on him. Yep. So, hey, I need that guy, Chris Boss. I need you in the corner when I throw this ball to you, Ray Allen, to be able to knock these shots down. Those guys were able to do that. Yep. That's why it's important with Victor Wimiyama to have shooters around him because of the double teams that he's going to demand in the future at a, at a massive high I can't help but think of. And he's going to make the right basketball play. Isn't that what we see from Nikola Jokic? That's time. why guys get wide open looks for the Denver Nuggets because he's such a great passer. And when the double team comes to him, he's not the type of player that's selfish. He doesn't force the issue. I view Victor Wimiyama not on the same level right now. Wimiyama got some ways to go. Right. But from a passing standpoint, being able to be a big to get the, the basketball to his teammates, that's, that's the light I view him in. No doubt about that. Freddie Coleman, Harry Douglas together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. NBA action this Sunday is the Dallas Mavericks. They host the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's a hint. Joel Embiid will not be there, but there's still going to be a game anyway. Presented by Indeed. Cards begins at 1230 Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But I, if I throw this at you, and I'll give credit to Devin Kane, our producer, coming up with this. There's a lot of talented dudes in the NBA right now underneath the age of 26. Mm-hmm. And we always have that age-old question. If you're starting a franchise, who are you selecting first? Well, we'll add to that number, courtesy of Devin Kane, our producer. Harry Douglas, if you're starting an NBA franchise right now, and I give you three picks of players, all under the age of 26, who are your three and why? I'm going Victor Wimiyama. I am go- well. We know he's a unicorn, right? We, we don't see guys walking around like him every day mm-hmm. in the elite skill set for a big and the ability to be able to block shots and alter things on that end of the floor as well. Um, his passing ability, we spoke about that. He was my first guy. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going with Anthony Edwards, that dog, DSGB, down South Georgia boy. Um, his aggressiveness, his also his charisma. Right. So I'm going to go with him as okay. well. And then lastly, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Okay. Straight dogs. Straight dog. yeah. And he's been – he should be more of an MVP candidate in terms of being higher and higher when it comes to the betting odds list. That's a sneaky team in the Western Conference. When we talk about dark horse teams, and everybody wants to mention Golden State and the Lakers, they're not dark horse teams. They're teams that are talented that have fallen short of expectations. But I like that team as a dark horse team with the Dallas Mavericks. The pieces they made, the trading deadline, Luke and Kyrie Irving, they've been a terrific combination. Other guys have stepped up. Keep an eye, that could be a very sneaky team that could have a deep playoff run. I'll give you a different guy that right now, under the age of 26, I would start my NBA franchise more than him, more than Jason Tatum when it comes to Boston, more than Luka Doncic when it comes to Dallas, more than Anthony Edwards when it comes to Minnesota, more than Victor Wimby Yamba, the San Antonio Spurs. And that guy, Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander of Oklahoma City. Mm. I love the way that not only as a leader, very quiet guy, not demonstrative, as somebody's on the court. Uh, he'll, give you, he'll give you some tart tongue. He'll give, you, he'll give you some fruity pebbles if you try to get in his <laughs> face a little bit. He's not shy about letting you know in that Canadian accent, I'm not the one. But every time I've seen him play against top flight competition, more other nights kicking butt and taking names. And that team rallies around him. A very quiet guy who is an assassin on the basketball court. If I had to start my franchise with any NBA player under the age of 26, that would be my first choice. Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of Oklahoma City. 
Well, also a guy that, you know, when you're watching these basketball games, people probably say to themselves, oh, man, Shea's about 6'1", 6'2". No. Shea is 6'6", y'all. Mm-hmm. He's long, yeah. 6'6". So you talk about that wingspan, being able to get to the lane and finish, can shoot the outside jumper. But for me, it's been a two-way player, too. Okay, absolutely. Because he's, he's number one right now in the National Basketball Association when it comes to steals. And that's another reason why the Oklahoma City Thunder is sitting in the position that they're sitting in right now because that basketball team plays both ends of the floor, and Shea is a big part of that as well. No doubt about that. Triple eight say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You're starting an NBA franchise. Your first three picks are players under the age of 26. Who are you taking? Harry's taking Victor Wimby, Yama San Antonio, Anthony Edwards of Minnesota, and Luka Doncic of Dallas. I'm taking Shea Gilgis-Alexander of Oklahoma City. Jason Tatum of Boston and Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, 888-729-3776. And on Twitter, at Coleman ESPN and at HDugs83, you're starting an NBA franchise. Your first three picks of players under the age of 26. Who are you taking and why? Let me ask you guys a question. If the off-field, or excuse me, off-the-court incidents and also the injuries, you know, take that out of the equation, would John Morant be on either of your lists if, if that stuff didn't happen? You know what? He, he, when you look at my list, mm-hmm. um, outside of Luca, I have two guys that are two-way players. Yes, you do. But every guy I have on my list can shoot the basketball effectively. Now, I'm not saying that John Morant can't shoot, but when we think about his game, it's not that we think about John Morant being able to shoot the basketball from the three-point line and beyond right. on a consistent basis, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah. that's not what I think about when I think about John. I think about the slashing, the getting to the lane, the mid-range, you know what I mean, the splash plays, the highlight plays. So I'm, 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 cool. I'm cool with my list. I'm cool. Yeah, I, I like my list as well. And believe me, we mentioned Luka Doncic, and I don't think Jason Tatum gets enough credit how much of a playmaker he has become with the Boston Celtics, not just scoring the basketball and looking for his shot, but looking for other guys to get involved. That's something that Shea Gilgis-Alexander has continued to learn with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's like, look, it can't just be me. We got a lot of talented young guys on this basketball team that, yeah, when they're going and going and going, that's where the ball needs to go. They don't need me to be that marquee scorer. He's been able to figure that out in a short amount of time. Now, it would have never would have happened had, had he still been the Los Angeles Clippers. Just way too much going on, way too much smoke. They did him a favor by moving on from him because now this became his basketball team when it comes to Shea Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City, and it has been a treat and a sight to behold seeing how that's continued to go on. And it's like that sometimes, right, Freddie? Like, it, mm-hmm. it takes sometimes going to different a different organization right. uh, to really blossom as a flower, right? No if, doubt. If we want to use that, that saying. And that's what Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been able to do in leading this young team to where they are right now currently. And I think we seen we seen splashes of it last year. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. we knew this basketball team. They kind of reminded me a little bit of the Phoenix Suns at the end of the bubble, like how that team really started to, you know, find their way. And then we seen them at some point make an NBA Finals in which they had a two games to nothing lead on the Milwaukee Pucks yeah. and, and blew that one. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> those kind of things will always stick in your memory whether you've won whether you have lost. Rob in New York, thanks for hitting us up at Triple Eight Say ESPN. That is eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six on the Freddie and Harry call in line on ESPN radio. Rob, I'm giving you the keys to start an NBA franchise. Your first three picks are players under the age of twenty six. Who are you taking and why? Yeah, th- thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh 
I got to go with the top two. I mean, Wemby and Luca, uh, but my third is Ja. Ja's explosive. He's my guy. He's my. Yeah, here's here's the thing. Like, when you, I have Anthony Edwards on my list. Mm-hmm. Hell, Anthony Edwards is explosive. There's no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also looking at how all of these guys have size on them. All of them have size, and if it comes to a like a, a defensive situation, hey, we switching everything. Yeah, you have to. We switching everything, and Luca, mm-hmm. um, Wimby's gonna have your back at the rim. Yeah, but but yeah. spacing on a basketball court too is yeah. everything to me. Yeah. And all of these guys can space the basketball court at a very high level. That's the one thing I think. Shay, the one thing Anthony Edwards has on Shay Gilgis Alexander that sportsmanship, because a lot of people see Anthony Edwards high flying. Shay Gilgis Alexander, he's not a high flyer, but he's so effective. He's so smooth the way he flows with it. And if they have a chance to play against, like a, for example, LeBron James and the Lakers in the first round, or Steph Curry and Golden State in the first round. If both of those teams make it out of the play-in game, they're able to find their way into the playoffs. That'll be the perfect marquee stage because a lot of his games will be on the majority of the broadcast if Oklahoma City's playing a Los Angeles Lakers or a Steph Curry. Then people get a chance to see exactly why the fuss is all about because we saw that with John Morant. First gotten in the league, flying crazy. Gotten in the playoffs and still doing his thing. Once the stage gets bigger and you're able to play well on that stage, it makes your name and your brand, and it takes mm-hmm. it to a whole different place. Mike and, Mar- Mike and Marilyn, excuse me, we give you an NBA franchise, the keys to that kingdom. Your first three picks are players underneath the age of 26. Mike, who are you taking and why? What's going on? Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Thanks for taking my call. So I have three plus an honorable mention. Okay. So I got the two easy ones, Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembanyama, and then I got Tyrese Maxey. Got, got to go with got to go with Tyrese Maxey, beep, beep, up and down the court. And then last but not least, honorable mention, I'm not sure why this guy isn't getting more love, Jalen Brown. I, I, I like him even more than I like Jason Tatum. Wow. Well, what do you guys think? Okay. Well, I hear what you're saying when it comes to Jalen Brown. I wouldn't take him over Jason Tatum. Hell no. But, but Jalen Brown does not get enough credit in terms of that guy has made some key critical shots. And a lot of times at the beginning of games, the ball goes through him first. But Jason Tatum, he makes that whole thing go. I like Jalen Brown, but I don't like him like him more than Jason Tatum. Dev, no, Dev, get in. Get in on this. Oh, boy. Dev, why, why wouldn't you take Jalen Brown in this scenario? Yeah, Tell me why, Dev. I, I saw a video the other night. <laughs> in pregame warm-ups we where go. he was exclusively lose, using his left hand to shoot like right around the basket. Mm-hmm. It was like a minute-long video, and he didn't make a single basket. 
<laughs> you have to have a left hand to be in the NBA. I'm sorry. No, that's now that's not true. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. Well, well hold on. No, no Freddie. Because I'm I'm a, I'm a back dev up on this. When you really? when you look at him and look at a lot of his turnovers. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that. They, no, but, that's but, true. But, but 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 you know where a lot of them come from? What? When he goes to his left hand? Exactly. No, I'm not disputing that. But to say that you need a left hand to survive in the NBA, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't hey, you don't. I, I need I need I need. All my guys to have a left and a right. Because I love saying Gilgis Alexander. You know he's going to the right. He knows you. He knows he's going to the right. He knows that you know. And guys can't keep him from getting there. You can avoid having a non-dominant hand and still make that work in the NBA. Charles Barkley never went to his left when he played in the NBA. <laughs> Built the Hall of Fame career by doing something like that. Hat tip to Kevin Winter. He 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 got my ear and he said. Larry Bird, obviously a Celtics legend. He yeah. used his left hand exclusively well, for one well, game. Well, Larry, well, Larry Bird was an <laughs> exception, not the rule. You know, Didn't talking, Kobe Bryant shoot a free throw with a left hand? He did. We're talking, we're talking about the colossus of the gods here. Larry got bored. He got bored. <laughs> yeah. when, when you're using, if you're using Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant to defeat my army to Jalen Brown, I'll concede that. I'm not going to try to fight you on that one. That would be like all of a sudden, hey, hey, Freddie, when it came to the great quarterbacks, uh, you know, you can make a case for so-and-so against Peyton Manning. If it's any Tom Brady, no, you can't. <laughs> Send him left, Dev. Send him left. Send him left, you know, Dev. Send you know, him left. You know I'm shading it left. <laughs> I'm sitting on that right hand every time and, on Jalen Brown. And you know what's going to happen? He's going he to get to that right hand. <laughs> or he'll shoot over you trying to get to that right hand. Jalen, don't let these people trick you to try to use your left hand. Don't they, they, these people like Devin Kane, Harry Douglas, and Kevin Winter, they are not your friends, my friend. Hey, boy, make too much money. You got, I need to see that left hand more efficient, man. No, I don't. He averages 23 a game. He's efficient enough with one hand as far as I'm going. Hey, one of our favorites is Easy e Eric in New York. Easy e we're giving you an NBA franchise, Keys to the Kingdom. Your first three picks of players under the age of 26. Who are you taking and why? First of all, how you doing, fellas? Good, my man. Great to sit. All right, let me just say this quickly. Uh, I didn't divorce the Giants, but I'm just mad at them right now. But we'll, 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 we'll talk about that another time when we'll we're back on football. Yes, we all will. right? All right. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, my, my top three, I'm going to take Wemby. I'm going to take uh, Shea Gilders. And I'm going to take Edwards. And I'm going to give an honorable mention to Ja if he was healthy. The way he came back. You know, he had his act together and the way he was playing. But right now, that would be Wimby, um, you know, Ja and, uh, and Edwards. Man. Yeah, Ja, ja would probably be my honorable mention. Ja would be my fourth. Yeah. Like, if we're going to do honorable mention. But he, here's also my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ant-Man could play off the ball. I know Wimby could play off the ball. Right. Luca has to have the ball. In his hands. I'm good with that, the way he's playing. Yeah. I'm 100% good with that. There's one guy that should be part of our lists that's not there, and it's his own doing, and it's a very, 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 very easy person, Zion Williamson of the Pelicans. Mm. There's no reason for him not to be a part of any list of players under the age of 26 if they're part of three players under that age that you're saying I'm starting an NBA franchise with. He he would definitely be on my list, he but I, be on my I, list I, too? I, I, I don't know. If he gonna play a full season, right? Well, no, he's never gonna play a full season. We can forget that. You can let that balloon go. Well, let, let's just say this: be consistent Absolutely. within playing. Yeah, because when he's been on the court, we see the Pelicans right now. He's the dominant. Pel- the Pel- he makes everything easier for everybody else. But if he can't keep that together and be and, and stop being injury prone, he's gonna be like man. He almost or he could have, and he has way too much game and way too much when it comes to Zion Williamson 
to be a part of that circle. Keep weighing in on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. And at HDouglas83, we give you three players in the NBA to start a franchise, and they're all under the age of 26. Who are you taking? Adam Hornack Sr. says, Freddie, I'm with you at Sage Gilgis Alexander. He's got him number one, Victor Wimbyama number two, and Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers as a kind of surprise choice, part of his three players under the age of 26, that if he's starting NBA franchise, those are the three he would take. Let big man know. that can space the floor. Yes, he can. And also, he's a new age big man. You're exactly yep. right. Can run the floor, block shots at the front of the rim. If he keeps improving, that could be a very difficult team in the East to deal with when it comes to Cleveland Cavaliers. Keep weighing in at Coleman ESPN and at H. Douglas 83. You're starting NBA franchise. Your first three picks of players under the age of 26. Who are you taking and why? We go back to the National Football League when it comes to the combine. They said it. You heard. What? And wait until you hear some of the things they said and how we heard it from them. That's next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Love Friday. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You going to be okay there? Are you on the 1240 New York bound? I guess you yep, are going to be okay. Yep. <laughs> I guess you're going to be okay. And it's not Allegra when you do that for Harry Douglas. There are plenty of times that somebody, whether they're singing or not singing, that we're going to have an opinion on it. It's courtesy of... They said it. You heard. What? We're going to do a little NFL Combine edition. we have a little flow underneath us to make sure this is going to work because plenty of things have been said so far during the week in Indianapolis when it comes to players, what they've heard, what they had to deal with the whole nine yards. And we start with a guy that's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft in late April. That is Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. And, yeah, he's going to be taken by the Chicago Bears. Speaking of that, Caleb, what about you being the next Bears quarterback? The Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that, I don't compare myself to the other guys. Um, you know, that's there or been there. Um, I think I'm my own player, and, um, you know, I, I, I tend to like to, you know, create history and, and rewrite history. They said it. You heard it. What? Yeah, for me, what I basically heard from Caleb Williams is, hey, the Chicago Bears are probably going to draft me. I need to start embracing it a little bit more and stop comparing me to people because I am my own human being, and I want to be like Caleb Williams, not Patrick Mahomes or anybody else. Here's what I heard from Kayla Williams. Let me get this straight. We're not a 2-15 and 15 team from last year. I got a DJ Moore out there. They're going to really build this offense around me, the new offensive coordinator. What was I thinking about saying maybe the Bears aren't for me? You know, it's Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect your city and your team. I'm really going to make this work because they're going to build it around me. A guy that could go second in the draft is Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU, Heisman Trophy winner from 2023. He had this to say about how interviews are going with teams he's been able to talk to so far during the week of the combine. If you end up being picked by the Bears, what would it be like to be in Chicago? Uh, it would be dope. You know, this this uh, Chicago, obviously, there's a lot of greats that came. I played professional sports in Chicago, so it would be dope. And what about the Commanders? 
Yeah, commanders too. Uh, you know, be able to follow the lineage of you know guys like Doug Williams. You know, won a won a Super Bowl there, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, be able to just turn around the city. They said it. You heard what? In my opinion, he's basically saying, "Stop asking me these dumbass questions." Yes. <laughs> because what do you want me to say? If if you're asking me about the Bears, I'm going to feel like I'm going to say what I need to say. If you're asking me about the Commanders, I'm going to say what I want to say. So right. stop asking me these kind of questions. <laughs> exactly. Look, look, no matter what happens, whether I go number one, which I, I'm not, but. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Ray. I just don't understand. Yeah, hey, exactly. How would you feel if you got drafted to the Chicago Bears who have the number one overall pick? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you know what? I would feel pretty Pretty terrible if they drafted me. <laughs> How would you feel if the commanders draft you? You know, I wouldn't feel so good at all, but I'll always dream of playing in the National Football League and being drafted. Like, what What do you think he's going to say? That was his way of saying, no matter where I go, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do what I do. And when I do that, everybody's not going to be able to say anything about this and compare me to that guy. I'm going to be just fine. Just you wait and see. Roma Dunsey, one of the best wide receivers in the country, played at the University of Washington. He was asked the question, Part of the NFL Combine. Could he land a plane if he was on it in case of emergency? Do you think you can land a plane in case of emergency? Absolutely not. (laughs) We are going down. All souls have perished. (laughs) They said it. You heard it. What? (laughs) Speaking of stupid questions. What Rome said is, that's above my pay grade. I may make it worse if I try to land this plane. So I'm going to take my chances sitting down when we hit this ground. Uh, he's basically saying, look, you can ask that question all you want to. But since I didn't go to pilot school, I don't know why we're answering this question. <laughs> but I'm not even attempting to do something that, look, I'll drive a car. If it's a bus, sure. A plane in the air. I'm good, son. We just have to go with God and have that develop that relationship with our almighty Savior. I have a question. Okay. Because you see in these movies, like, all right, I'm turning autopilot on, right? Why hasn't there been a plane that's been developed that can take off and it can also land all autopilot? Mm. You know? Well, here, here's another thing that's, that's, that's happened in the past, too. Mm-hmm. These pilots get so used to autopilot mode. Uh, they forget certain things as well mm-hmm. when it comes to flying the plane and like yeah. by themselves. I would be in favor of it as long as Elon Musk is not in charge of it. <laughs> oh, like I'm the only one that thought that. Don't leave me out here by myself. No comment. Like I'm the only one that thought that. Oh, but Freddie's the bad guy as far as that goes. E- Elliot Wolf does not want to be the bad guy. He's in charge of things with the Patriots director as of scouting with the Patriots team. They have a quarterback problem. People don't want the guys that have started at quarterback the last couple of years to do it in 2024. He told the process how they're going to go about that when it comes to this team. It's going to be a collaborative effort. Coach Mayo, myself, Macro, the whole staff. At the end of the day, somebody has to has to make that pick, and, and that'll be myself. But I think it's about talking to the right people and asking the right questions. And when we meet with them, asking the right questions. And that may be here in a formal interview. That may be you know at a later date at the pro day or, or wherever that may be. But we have to determine who can handle being the quarterback of the New England Patriots. They said it. You heard. What? Yeah, we don't have a general manager, but I'm that guy. I'm going to be making these picks. We love Robert Kraft. He's the owner. Of course, he's going to be in on it. But at the end of the day, I'm the guy that's going to be making this pick. So know it and remember it, folks. Here's what I heard. The two guys that played last year, they ain't going to be playing here this year. 
<laughs> they're, they're not going to be starting. One of them might be back as a backup at best, but we're not going into this season with either one of those guys as our starting quarterback. Bill Belichick may have tried to make that work by having different offensive coordinators or whatever that was, yet we're not doing that under Gerard Mayo. We're going to find a quarterback. He's going to be coached properly. We're going to make it work properly, and we're going to go from there. Last but not least, Omar Khan is the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of having quarterback quarterback issues with that football team, they have four different guys played quarterback last year. And he said, Kenny Pickett's our guy starting quarterback, but... We'll look at every, every option. Uh, right now we have one guy under contract, Kenny Pickett. feel really good about Kenny, um, but we, you know, he knows and we all know that we're, there's going to be competition in the room. And we've always been a team that keeps three quarterbacks, and I'd expect that to be the same this year. So we'll, we'll look at all avenues. They said it. You heard it. What? I heard Kenny Pickett is not our guy. <laughs> yes. And we're about to exhaust all possibilities to figure out who our guy is. <laughs> That's what I heard. Omar Khan, this is what I heard. He's the only guy on on our roster uh-huh. as a quarterback. That's why he's the guy right now. <laughs> we're going to exhaust everything to make sure he's not the guy moving forward. Omar Khan basically said, please don't make us play Mason Rudolph again. Because if we do, then we were completely 100% wrong on Kenny Pickett. You ever see the movie The Waterboy? Yep. Omar Khan right now, he is Coach Klein at halftime of the Bourbon Bowl. Anybody got an idea? Anybody? When it comes to quarterback, that's what Omar Khan is saying. I, we don't want to play Kenny Pickett, but if we have to, we did draft him in the first round. We may have no choice to do that. He is Harry Delgas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us. Part of Love Friday presented by Progressive Insurance. And there are apologies. And then there's the apology that Cam Newton had a chance to make after the brawl at a 7-on-7 tournament in his hometown of Atlanta last weekend. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Of Friday. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Love Friday edition. Thank you very much on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius and Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You may have heard about it. I'm sure you've probably seen a video by now of Cam Newton, former NFL quarterback, having and hosting a seven-on-seven camp in his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, last week. It seems that things got heated. Tempers got there. Words were said, and the next thing you know, the video that went viral everywhere, Cam Newton getting involved with three different guys at a football camp that he hosted last weekend. Five days later, Cam Newton apologized like this. To every single high school player, to every single person of influence, to every single athlete, use my situation as a way to understand that in one moment, and one decision, your life can change just like that. I let my emotions get the best of me and it should not have been called for. And with that, I apologize to anybody affected. That's Steph, that's TJ, that's their organization, that's C1N, my organization, that's my players, my parents, my staff members. And when you really debrief from days after, it really puts things into perspective. And I'll and I tell you this, my president of my program, uh, Kendall Logan, person who I have high regards for, he called me. Even though he was empathetic to understanding where I was coming from, he simply said, Cam, that cannot happen. You mean too much to too many people. I think about the kids who look up to me and also whether they verbalize their appreciation or just stare in amazement. I feel like I let them down. 
Because I can't sit up there and say, hey, bro, you got to be bigger than that. And then all of a sudden I do that. And that just goes to show you, you got to always stay in control of your emotions. That's where the humanistic side came in there. There's no excuse because it could have been a melee. More violence could have stemmed from that. I love everything about this from Cam Newton. Someone I know personally, um, he went to Westlake High School. I went to Jonesboro High School, not far from one another. Uh, but the simple fact that Cam devotes a lot of his time mm-hmm. and money towards these kids. And even the guys that he got into the altercation with, Steph and you know his brother TJ, they spend a lot of time within the community helping these kids as well. So Absolutely. it was an unfortunate situation that it got to this point. But I love his messaging. Mm-hmm. You always have to be in control of your emotions, Freddie, because one bad decision, and we've seen this across the world, one bad decision that you, you know, thought you could have had control over. Right. Con- actually cost you your life, yeah. right? So yeah. now there are a magnitude of people who are who are affected mm-hmm. by you and one bad decision, uh, and it also may cause you your life. So I, I thought it was great by him, you know, not trying to play victim, yeah. but also being accountable and delivering a nice message I thought was, was, was warranted and needed. One thing that Cameron Newton, I'm using his name Cameron because he's a grown man, and I like, I like Cameron better than Cam, that's just me. The one thing that Newton and the guys involved better realize is that when you're grown men, act like it. Yep. You want to be competitive, there's a way to do that. But we're not talking about being competitive in the National Football League. This wasn't a National Football League situation where you're playing for your paycheck, you're playing against an opponent, you're playing for a playoff bid or playing in the playoffs. you got to be better than that as grown men. And Cam Newton completely realized that. And I'm hoping that anybody else that was around that realizes that as well. There were kids around when grown men were fat-mouthing at each other, trash-talking at each other. I don't care what percentage of blame you want to put on Cam Newton or the other guys. They all share in that 100% when it comes to that blame. There's no reason for that to have escalated at a kid's camp. Let me emphasize that again. At a kid's camp, what kind of testosterone building were you trying to prove, whether you're Cam Newton or the other guys? And the fact, to your point, Harry – what if that turned out disastrous? And the reason I say that is a former guy to play in the National Ball League. Same thing happened involving his brother. Somebody lost their life. Aqib Tlaib. Where all of a sudden things got heated, words were said, and somebody goes and grabs a gun, and now somebody's dad's not coming home. Somebody's coach is not coming home. And now Aqib Tlaib's brother has to pay the price for that because he wasn't man enough to control his emotions, and nobody was man enough to control their emotions. And it led to a deadly consequence. I'm glad that didn't happen in this situation But Cam Newton is right. He has to be better than that. But if you're a grown adult, male or female, you should know to be better than that, especially in front of kids at an event for kids, giving back to kids in your neighborhood when it came to the grown men involved in that situation. And it's it's a learning lesson, right? Uh, But one that we can look on and say, okay, no one was impacted to the standpoint to where lives were lost. And everyone can go home to their respected families. Thankfully. Right? And, they, and, yeah. they, and they can still can continue to do what they're doing for the community, which is a major impact, in my opinion, because I see it firsthand from, right. from both sides. But like you mentioned, though, Freddie, like, hey, we grown men, man. We, we can't allow things to go like this. And I'm going to be honest with you, being a black man, and you're a black man, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 
You can't mm-hmm. get people ammo to say, mm-hmm. you know, A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go too deep into it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, one of the things that we're going to always do on this show is keep it real. Absolutely. Like, it, it, it don't give people ammo to say, well, see, this is why we don't this. This is why we don't want to do this. Don't give people a reason why. Because when you give people a reason why, it affects and impacts everybody. Yep. It really, really does. And it's not fair to say, but a lot of those things that have happened have been unfair when it comes to other people. And Cam Newton is intelligent enough, hopefully from this point on, to have realized that. If you're giving back, there's a way to be competitive, but just give back because you have more to lose. And other people have more to lose than anybody else in that situation. You do not need to bring that to the table, whether you're Cam Newton or anybody else involved in the situation. His apology was spot on. We'll see going forward, not just him, but anybody else was involved in that what they do going forward because a lot of actions will speak a lot better than any kind of apology from him or anybody else. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie Harry. And what did Caleb Williams say about changing his mind? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.